Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, as usual on our midweek show, it's time to look ahead to the Packers' next opponent, the Buffalo Bills, coming into Lambeau Field for a Sunday noon central time kickoff. And a team that everybody was writing off after the first two games of the season, they go into Minneapolis and beat the Minnesota Vikings, a game in which I believe Buffalo was a 17-point underdog, and they didn't just beat them, they whipped them 27-6. to So the Buffalo Bills have put everyone on notice now that they're not the, uh, they're not the team that you put an asterisk on the, on the schedule and say, okay, you know, you chalk that one up as a win. Far from it here. This rookie quarterback, Josh Allen, you know how it goes with rookie quarterbacks. Right. You can get some tremendous games, you can get some shaky games, and everything in between. This is an athletic kid, first-round draft pick out of the University of Wyoming. He's also leading the Bills in rushing, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Right? I mean, it's, uh, yeah, 22 attempts for 97 yards so far, which I think when everybody talked about him and his arm at Wyoming, I don't know how much they talked about his scrambling ability. but Or his hurdling ability. Or his either. hurdling <laughs> ability. Jumped over Anthony Barr like, uh, like he was in the Olympics there on uh, last Sunday. That's the game, man, especially for the rookie quarterbacks in this league when you're thrown into the fire. Sometimes it's treading water. It's just trying to find ways to move the chains and make plays. Uh, Micah Hyde, as he always does so eloquently, had such a great comment this week about it in that people are so jump, they are so quick to jump to. If a team plays really well, you're going to the Super Bowl. If you play really poorly, <laughs> you're going to have the first overall pick. Right. And it's, there's so much truth in that. And he said that at times, too. I remember in, in some you know former fashion when he was in Green Bay, in that this league, man, the way it is, the way things happen, very rarely, and it does happen, but very rarely can you just sit there and point to a game and be like, this is how it's going to play out, this is what the score is going to be, and and you know there's going to be no deviation from that. Right. The Bills showed last week exactly the nature of the NFL. You can get walloped by Baltimore. You can get destroyed by the Chargers uh, in terms of what you know Phillip Rivers was able to do offensively and some of the mistakes that, that the Bills made. And then you can go into uh, a team that was in the NFC Championship game last year <laughs> and go into their house, one of the most uh, you know, scariest places to play, loudest places to play in the NFL, right. and you can just completely uh, knock them out. That's the nature of the beast. And the one thing I liked about what Josh Allen did and what the Bills did, they got some takeaways early, they got some points early, and then they kind of sat on it. And they did a really good job of controlling the time of possession and now it's a much different story now going into this game against the Packers than it was seven days ago. Yeah, well, the season started with the Bills starting Nathan Peterman at quarterback. Yeah. That didn't last too long. He had a game last year where he threw through five interceptions in one half of yeah. football, I think. Yep. So, That's right. And I know their plan was to have A.J. McCarron kind of be a placeholder for Josh Allen until he came along. So pretty much everything they were planning to do has gotten scrapped. It's now Josh Allen's team. And – Let's face it, Wes, he's trying to make this work here with his number one running back, LaShawn McCoy, is injured and not playing, so they've turned it over to Chris Ivory as as the main running back, and he doesn't have any spectacular big-name wide receivers that he's throwing to. He's made some big plays with his tight ends right. and, uh, and, and Ivory in the screen game and whatnot. They, they are kind of trying to piece it together, and, and really what did it for him in the, uh, the game against Minnesota was the defense generating pressure, generating turnovers. They got themselves a lead, and then they didn't make any mistakes after that to let the Vikings back in the ballgame. So 
when I look at this, it just seems, especially when you look at the fact that the Packers offensive line is a little banged up, you might have some different starters in there. You know, it starts with keeping that Bills pass rush, Jerry Hughes and those guys, keeping them away from Aaron Rodgers and protecting that football. Yeah, Kyle Williams still doing it at a high level all these years later. I think he's, what, 35 years old now, uh, but still a, a, obviously a force in the middle of that defense. Jerry Hughes, who really reinvented himself when he went to Buffalo in the early 2010s. I mean, I think a lot of people uh, were really writing him off in, in terms of uh, wh- what his career was going to be. And then he has, I think it was something like ten, back-to-back 10-sack seasons. He's been really consistent for them ever since. The strange thing about the Bills is that they only do have one interception right now, but they, they, they got a lot of f- forced fumbles. Uh, you know, they, they were able to convert those, recover those, and that obviously changes the field position. Yep. So, um, yeah, there isn't there isn't a huge like player that you have to eliminate from the ball game. I mean, certainly, you know, Kelvin Benjamin has has playmaking ability. You look at you know, I think it's Charles Clay. He's been in this league a long time. Certainly been a factor as a tight end. There's just enough weapons there. I mean, that's ultimately the reason I think they were able to get to the playoffs last year is they had enough weapons, they played well enough as a team that it was able to to be able to carve out one of those playoff spots. And now I think they showed against the Vikings that if you take them lightly, and I'm not saying the Vikings did, but in generally, if you take them lightly, they're going to find a way to make you pay. Yeah, and I think the uh, they have a, a solid secondary on that back end to complement totally. what seems to be a pretty good pass rush. And... I'm sorry, the number one cornerback for Buffalo, his name is escaping me right now. Taron Johnson? Um, no. Lorenzo Alexander? No. Oh, Tredavious White. Yes, Tredavious White. From LSU. LSU. Yes, the LSU cornerback. That was young guy. Um, so you've got him. You've got Micah Hyde, a familiar face, right. will be coming back to Lambeau Field um, this week. So um, it, it's – it's not a dynamic secondary, as you said. They only have one interception, but it seems to be the the, the kind of group. And with Tredavious White being the guy that they usually lock up on the opponent's number one target, it's a good complement to what they have up front with a pass rush. And then they added Tremaine Edmonds, uh, the linebacker from Virginia Tech. Yeah, who's only twenty recall. years old. That's yeah. so that's so crazy. He was he was added early in the draft yep. to that uh, defensive front as well. So th- th- it's interesting the way it's coming together in Buffalo, and certainly their win over the Vikings was a big step forward that not a lot of people expected, but uh, but one that uh, that you know this team was looking for to, to make that leap. Yeah, and I don't want to you know represent this as like the land of misfit toys or anything like that, but you do look. I mean, Jordan Poyer came coming over from Cleveland too. I think him and Hyde both had five interceptions last year, at least north of that, uh, being able to make plays on the back end. I mean, that was really one of the catalysts for them being able to make that run last year is they just were able to execute. And Sean McDermott is such a bright defensive mind. He learned from one of the very best in the game. And I think you've seen him. I think this was the right time for him to be a head coach. He'd been a, a defensive coach, a defensive coordinator for a number of years, finally steps up into that role, and you're seeing him really, I think, make those pieces fit as far as the Buffalo Bills are concerned. But to your original point uh, with uh, Tredavious White and yeah. what he's been able to do at a short time, I mean, still only 23 years old, four interceptions last year, 69 tackles, 16 starts. 
really difficult situation for a young guy to be thrown out there. I believe he was a second-round pick off the top of my head. And he stepped up to the challenge. And I think now with the Packers going into this game, I would imagine he's probably going to be seeing a lot of Devontae Adams. I think that's going to be a big matchup to watch in that one. But they, they're, they're very multiple. There's a lot of things that they can do defensively. But certainly their biggest thing is trying to pressure the quarterback and have those guys on the back end make plays on the ball. It's going to be a big challenge. It's going to be a big challenge for Aaron Rodgers and that entire offense of the Packers to be able to consistently generate those opportunities against a group that really prides itself based on last year and what we've seen through the first three games in being able to really limit the the downfield options. Yeah, well, last year they end up getting into the playoffs for the first time in, what was it, 17, 18 yep. years, something yeah. like that, and it happened on the final... It's Doug Flutie, right? The, the fi- yeah, the happened on the final weekend of the... Uh, the regular season, so a franchise that's looking to recapture a little of that momentum that they built in 2017. And they were left for dead, man. I mean, a lot of people <laughs> didn't think, you know, they, they went through some ups and downs last year, too. It wasn't like they just were, you know, this, this uh, you know, unstoppable force most of the year. They sort of, they peaked at the right time of the season. They made enough big plays, and lo and behold, they, they made that run, ended the streak, and I think this year they came in with a lot of expectations, despite the fact that they ended up uh, trading to Rod Taylor, and to kind of have to rally through what they did the first two weeks to be where they are at today. Um, yeah, you got to give credit to Sean McDermott for having his guys ready. I'm assuming they will be on Sunday. Yeah, it's kind of funny how the season started because last year Andy Dalton for the Bengals gets that miracle touchdown against the Baltimore Ravens yeah. to beat Baltimore, which then propels Buffalo into the playoffs, and Baltimore misses the playoffs, and then the Ravens go and play Buffalo and take out some of their frustrations in uh, September here. Uh, you know, nine months nine months later, it's, but uh, the, the way it's the way this league can work sometimes. It's really incredible just how these things go, and and that's just it's the nature of the beast. Uh, the one other thing I want to mention too about this matchup, in addition, obviously Micah Hyde seeing the Packers again. Yeah. Jordan Mills, the starting right tackle for the Bills, he is the cousin of Tremont Williams, so oh. uh, they will see each other again as well. I think those two seem like they've played each other so many times. I would say, yeah, because wasn't Mills with the Bears Bear, at one yeah, point? Yeah, I remember Bears. writing about yep. that when when Tremont Williams and and Mills, part of the Packers-Bears rivalry there. And Ryan so. Groy, I think he's a former Badger as well. Former Badger, yes, and uh, um, and undrafted, I believe, but Correct. now a starting uh, at center for for Buffalo. So um, little sponsor business here, Wes. At home or here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy. So grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. Okay, a couple other things to touch on here on our Wednesday show. Uh, some roster moves in the works here for the Green Bay Packers. Devon House headed to injured reserve, apparently with a shoulder injury that uh, that um, is going to require him to be sidelined for quite a while. And as a response, the Packers signing a veteran cornerback to take his place in Bashad Breland, a free agent who's been available for quite a while, kind of a, a health mix-up, I guess, would be the best way to say it with regards to him in the main part of free agency in the offseason. Been waiting for an opportunity, waiting for a job, and here he is in Green Bay, four-year, or this is his fifth year, but four years with Washington. Yeah, it's funny too, Mike. I guess I sort of predicted this last week, confusing him with uh, Brashard Perryman. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up bringing him up there last we week. 
whatever the case may be, uh, what an interesting journey it's been for Breland. Obviously, it looked like earlier this offseason was going to be signing, was one of the most, I, I think a lot of people consider one of the top cornerbacks on the market. There was an injury issue there with him. He takes all these visits, finally comes to Green Bay in week three, 26 years old. If you know anything about his story, started, I think it was 57 of the 61 games he played for Washington. And if I got this part of it right, too, we did a five things to know story. It was, uh, I think, the third most starts for a rookie in Washington other than Daryl Green and Champ Bailey. And Champ Bailey, yeah. So that's a a really elite company. Had 60 pass deflections in his four years in Washington. Uh, He gives you flexibility. He can play. He's he's predominantly been boundary, but he has some experience in the slot if you want to use him there. I'll I'll say this, Mike, and... Every general manager has their own philosophy. But you have someone like Breland out there who's in the prime of his career. It's not like he's, you know, past anything here. It's not like they're signing him at 31 or 32. Right. This is a guy who was just looking for the second contract coming off of his rookie contract. He was a fourth-round pick in 2014 by Washington. So, I mean, this is a guy that's in his prime. Yeah. So to be able to bring him in if you have an injury to house, obviously Kevin King is working through his uh, issue right now with the groin injury. I think he's a guy that can step right in there with Joe Witt Jr. and, and really contribute to this defense. Was looking for an opportunity, the Green Bay Packers gave it to him. Yeah, he, and and he may immediately see the field on Sunday. We'll see what happens. But with as you said, with Kevin King dealing with a groin injury, Devon House going on IR, you have Tremont Williams, the two rookies, Alexander and Jackson, and then Breland is right there as your number four. And we all know how often the Packers have four cornerbacks on the field. Now you have some flexibility. Obviously, Jermaine Whitehead as a safety right. has played some slot corner cornerback and some there, there are some different options there but at the same time it, this this isn't necessarily going to be a long red shirt period for Breland so to speak he may get on the field pretty quickly your boundary reserve was Devon House yeah I mean yeah you do have Josh Jones you have Whitehead you have Kentrell Bryce who can all play the slot but as far as boundaries concerned he's a proven entity out there that could potentially step in if you need him to be if you feel like Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander are best suited for the slot of those nickel and dime sub packages a lot of things for obviously Mike Pett to play around with but the thing I really like about Breland is he's just a really good football player uh, you know he was a fourth round pick I think you look at the the NFL's draft scout and the that process it wasn't like he did anything that just jumped off the page at you well he wasn't running four three forties or anything like that but he's really consistent he plays good technique and I think when you saw his maturation in Washington the kind of reliability and durability he provided uh, to them he was a big piece of that defense so now for the Packers to get him in here you obviously have three weeks before the bye week there's still time to work with them to me personally and they've signed guys in the season before but this is I think a guy that I think can really help and really contribute it's I, I thought it was an a-plus signing by Brian Gutekunst yeah well the, the the Packers are certainly in a in an injury situation where uh, where you're looking you're looking for that help and you know, as I, as we talked about in the off season with the building of the fifty three, a little bit different philosophy here we're seeing from Gutekunst. It's somebody going down. It's not just okay, who's the next guy on the practice squad? Who's the next guy within the building? It's also looking outside the building, and it's early enough in the season, as you said, to do that because there's time to get him acclimated and really get him up to speed for the heart of the season. Absolutely, and and I think. I don't want to keep using 2010 as like this utopian litmus test for how you have to approach a season, but I always go back to that, Mike, and that they signed, you know, they or whatever it was, they claimed Howard Green, or they they claimed Eric Walden, they signed Howard Green. Right. They brought veterans in there that ended up having to play for them in the playoffs. 
I think Breland, as long as everybody's on the same page with what's going to be expected of him and, and what their vision is for these young cornerbacks, I, I think it's just a, it's the type of guy that can come in here. He'll ha- you know they, they are deep enough at that position that he doesn't just have to go in there and start week one, but he also is going to have time here that if the Packers do need to rely on him to get caught up on the defense. I was trying to figure out if there are really any ties I didn't really find any between Breland and this coaching staff with the other players, but but certainly uh, with his experience in this league and, and what he's been through to get to this point as much as he's played, you would have to think that that he's not going to need too long to catch up on things. Yeah, eight interceptions in his career? Eight Is interceptions, right? uh, including his last one last year, went for 96 yards on a touchdown. I believe that was off Phillip Rivers yeah, think, uh, in a I really big game the that he had against yeah. the Chargers. So, yeah, uh, yeah there's, there's definite playmaking ability there and, and certainly uh, gives you an experience factor that I think they need. I thought Devon House had a really important role in this defense and in, in working with Kevin King the past year and a half and being able to help bring along some of these young guys. It's great to have talent. You love their athleticism. You yeah. love their, you know, what you're getting out of an athlete when they're at that 23, 24 years old stage. But I really do believe you need to have your Tremont Williams and your Breelands in there too that, that have been through this league, have seen the ups and downs, know how guys are going to attack you and be able to pass on some of that knowledge. I think it's a really good add into that room. Yeah, well, we'll see how the week evolves with his first uh, practices with the Packers. But for now, we're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time. 